0: In this week's podcast, I'm going to discuss why more widespread evidence of coronavirus could help things open up a little bit sooner. Yeah, my mother is not expendable. And your mother is not expendable. And we're not going to put a dollar figure on human life. Uh, The first order of business is save lives, period, whatever it costs. This is how society is thinking about it today. No price is too high to save a life. And I think that catches the mood of many. That's how we all feel when our own lives or a loved one are at risk. But it's certainly not how society values life. For example, every year in America, around 38,000 people die in road accidents. Many more are maimed. We could save a lot of lives with lower speed limits. But in 1995, the federal government eliminated speed limits on interstates, and states went ahead and raised speed limits. It's generally agreed that road deaths went up because of this, estimates that about 3%, or another 1,200 people a year die, just so we can all drive a little faster, just for the convenience. So it just shows that the value society places on life has a lot of inconsistency. Clients often ask me what the energy sector will look like a year from now. So far, public comments from pipeline companies have been encouraging. Most are maintaining their previous guidance and cutting spending on new projects, which eases pressure on cash flow. Kinder Morgan even raised their dividend by 5%, less than they had said they would last quarter, but creating a nice headline in today's environment. I wonder how many S&P 500 companies will be raising dividends this quarter. But when it comes to forecasting a year out, it becomes a question of science. It's too easy to become an amateur expert on viruses. And so a degree of humility is important here because we can all have opinions, but not many of us are scientists. I know I'm not. Having said that, just about all we read nowadays is news and articles about coronavirus. We have all these numbers on infections and fatalities around the world, and almost all of them are useless. The world has around 2.7 million cases, With America top at around 900,000, China's at less than 10% of our figures, even though it started there, and they have more than four times our population. So China's figures might as well be made up, they're so implausible. In America, we've tested less than 1.5% of the population, because we still don't have enough tests. So the 900,000 infections that we're counting has to be at the low end of the range. You'd think the number of deaths would be reliable, but in the early stages of the virus, before we knew we had a pandemic, some people must have died from coronavirus but been classified as dying from something else. So we undercounted. And now, if coronavirus is a factor in cause of death in someone who has already had other serious health issues, it's likely to be listed as the cause. So we might even be overcounting. Eventually, we'll go back and compare the fatality rate with what normally happens and make some estimates from that. I think a potentially positive story is developing around how widespread the virus already is. Two studies in California tested for antibodies. This doesn't tell you if you have coronavirus now, just if you've had it recently. It turns out a lot of people have apparently been infected but haven't been that sick. In many cases, they didn't even know they had anything wrong with them. The two studies in California estimated that the true infection rate could be as much as 50 times higher than what we're measuring because we've only tested 1.5% of the population. And a lot of people get infected but don't show symptoms. New York City has estimated that 21% of the population has already been infected. These asymptomatic cases are a problem in one way because if you don't know you're sick, you're more likely to infect other people. But it's good news because it means the virus is a lot less fatal. So far in America, over 5% of people who test positive for coronavirus eventually die from it. But if the true infection rate is 50 times higher, it means the fatality rate is 50 times lower. Instead of being 5%, it's one-tenth of one percent, around the same for flu. Similar studies in Germany and the Netherlands estimated a fatality rate under four-tenths of one percent. More of these serology tests that look for antibodies to see if you are once infected are being done. If it turns out to be much less fatal, that should lead to some modification of the lockdown. And while we're not going back to our old lives anytime soon, perhaps a few stores and restaurants will reopen with appropriate social distancing. And maybe New Jersey will finally reopen its parks and forests. A lower fatality rate has implications for a vaccine too. It's possible that a vaccine may be available by the end of the year. That's much quicker than normal. Vaccines go through extensive testing to make sure that they don't have any nasty side effects. If our fatality rate is 5%, we'll want to vaccinate lots of people, even without the benefits of the normal testing that should take place. But if the fatality rate is closer to one tenth of 1%, because it's so highly infectious, you start to think about the risk of an adverse reaction to the vaccine. If you're young, If you're at low risk of having a bad experience with it and the possible long-term consequences of the vaccine are unknown, it might be better for you to wait on the vaccine. So it seems to me that if these studies showing much more widespread infection are right, we'll move more cautiously with the vaccine, focusing initially on older people and others that are at higher risk because of a pre-existing condition, while we wait to see any long-term side effects before vaccinating young, healthy people. It could be years before we vaccinate the vast majority of the population, which means we'll learn to live with it and in the meantime, develop herd immunity. Japan has one of the ritual's lowest testing rates. They're testing less than a tenth of what we're doing in America. They haven't imposed the type of lockdown common in Western countries. They believe they'll have to learn to live with the virus for the foreseeable future. As investors, we never have as much information as we'd like. We're always having to assess different possible outcomes. I'm getting fed up with lockdown and I want the parks and golf courses to reopen. If the fatality rate does wind up being very low, it might look as if we massively overreacted. I'm not there personally. I think we need to be cautious and methodical on how we reopen. But the possibility that coronavirus is much more common than the actual test results show is probably good news because it means society is farther along in dealing with it and in developing herd immunity than we thought. It means we'll start moving again. Demand for gasoline and jet fuel will will recover. We'll move to the next phase in dealing with coronavirus. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com there you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon